0: No such thing as a media band. We don't have a media band. Ah, oh, you do? No, we
1: don't. A donkey's eat and a and eat a pallet. <laughs> he was
2: He was massive! Legs, ass, fit. But I burst out laughing watching <laughs> the So, the obvious place to start today, lads, is to pay tribute to Limerick. We're watching one of the greatest hurling teams that has ever played the game. Like, I mean, I think that's gone beyond doubt now. Um, it does help when the team they're playing, Paul, doesn't bother marking them in <laughs> any way. It kind of lets them run around Croke Park. But we'll get to that in part two. But like, I mean, the comparisons are there and we've been making the comparisons and we're a bit slow to compare them to that great Kilkenny team. But I think we're entitled to now. Like, I mean, a lot of people drawn a comparison to this performance, to the 2008, the Kilkenny three in a row with that, unbelievable team of theirs that almost did the, the five in a row. Like, Limerick are very, very close to that level now.
3: Yeah, they are, absolutely. And th- there were so many indications that the similarities that were drawn between 2008 and yesterday, I mean, there were so many similarities. The fact that I think the biggest one was just the ease at which Limerick were operating yesterday. You know, it was a different level altogether. And, You know, I think this is where the game has gone to now. In ten years' time, we'll be looking back at this going, That was a turning point in hurling where every team now has to try and reach this point. And years ago in two thousand eight, look I wasn't part of those Kilkenny teams that's what we were talking about. Was how do every team reach this level? That's what we're saying with Limerick now is how does every team step up to this level? So, yeah, look, Lord knows where this is going to go for their, their young team. Most of their players, I think, are around 24, 25. So there's a lot of open road ahead of these lads. But uh, no, I think we really should enjoy it. Acknowledge it that this is nearly an evolution of hurling at this stage. This is where the game has gone. And look, enjoy it. They're, they're just a joy to watch.
2: They are. They're absolutely fantastic. What you mentioned the age. There's only Graeme Alcahy who's 31 He looks older than that. Um, Nicky Quaid is 32. He probably doesn't. Um, None of them are over uh, 28. Geroad Hegarty, all their best players. Geroad Hegarty, 27. Tom Morris, Aaron Galan, Sean Finn, Keen Lynch, 25. Seamus Flanagan, 24. Kyle Hayes is only 23, which is absolutely (laughs) scary. Like, I mean, Damien, you're looking at 318 and a half, 10 different scorers. Like, it just doesn't get any better than what they produced yesterday, does it?
1: No, yesterday's Yes, his performance column was just out of this world, so it wasn't. Like, the first 17 and a half minutes, just, Limerick just tore into a Cork team. So, I think Cork were very naive in their tactics. I, like I've said this before, I, I don't see any t- game being won in the first half, we'll say, especially in the first 17 and a half minutes and even the second quarter. But Limerick just showed their utter class, lads. Uh, they're an absolute class bunch of hurlers. Their power, their physique, their speed... Their stick pass and their they're, they're all combined hurling was just phenomenal to watch. And lads, the, the one thing I couldn't get over, Everton is stick to hand. It's very few hand passes, you know, that going a distance. It's, it's a stick pass to hand and it's delivered and nearly a score comes off Everton. But uh, Limerick were absolutely sensational yesterday. It was a, an unbelievable performance. Re, re, and actually it was it was a joy to watch the, the Limerick team in full flow. Everyone knew their job, knew their role, and those scores coming from all angles. So... Uh, it was very
2: enjoyable in that regard Yeah so Kieran Kingston said after the game we know how good they are they're unlucky not to have four All-Irelands in a row and that's what we saw here today like they were unlucky not to have four All-Irelands you suppose you have the deflected 65 Paul like I mean you know whether you want to admit it or not Um, (laughs) like there could be four in a row here Yeah absolutely there could be four in a row Um, and certainly you know
3: that day and people keep referencing the semi-final back in 2019 look at you know that was probably a big learning curve from Limerick from my point of view when you're looking at them that was more so not from a skill point of view it was from the head's point of view that we were probably not tipped going into that match and that was a learning curve I think for Limerick in that you know don't write any team off and yeah. you know just kill them off if you're going to kill them off kill them off early on get it done but don't take a team for granted they probably took us for granted that day which I would say it's as much a skill as you know as Damien is saying as getting the ball to hand or scoring points or Keane Lynch doing his flicks into the hand having the head tuned that regardless who we're playing here today go out and purl your own game don't expect that you're going to go through third gear in this match so a lot of people are referencing that match but what I think it's a big learning curve whatever about the hunger it's just about the thing of it's an All-Ireland semi-final you don't know what a team is going to bring they could have four they don't have four but who's to say they won't have four or five now off the back of where they're going now like they still have plenty of time to do yeah. it so we might not even we might be talking years to come they could have had eight in a row we don't know
2: We, we, we I think it was John Kiley referenced Caroline Currid's, uh, in input on how to deal with the favourites tags so maybe he was referencing back to then that they didn't deal with that mm. um, too well but like I mean this is a domination Damien like this could get boring like we'll eulogise about Limerick this year because you know they're so brilliant we could be two or three years down the line saying geez, Harland's in a bad place like there's nobody challenging these these lads like you look at last year's honour and final they won it by 11 points last year they hammered Clare they hammered Tipperary this year they've hammered Tipperary they've hammered Waterford they've hammered Cork no one's laying a glove on them outside of Tipperary in that (coughs) half and they got their comeuppance when Limerick kind of turned it up in a second like like who can step up to challenge these lads
1: so so basically Colin what I have to say there is once in a lifetime you get a team like this like you know and it's like the Kilkenny team so uh, unbelievable team i always refer to our Portumna club team unbelievable team you've you had the tipperary commodity team like this now you have the limerick team once in your lifetime you'll get a bunch of players that are as good as they are and will drive on and are mad to win stuff and are mad for hunger and you're on about the team basically lads there's lads chopping on the bit trying to get onto that team like this and that's what's putting competition and, and lads performing because they're looking over their shoulders right? but I think it, it, we're looking at column, and I think you're right we could be looking at a bit of a Dublin job here like you know that they're just going to I think they're going to take over the only team that have players coming through the, the, the lines in my opinion is Cork like this and Cork like yes this defeat could have caused a lot of damage on, on, a, on a psychological note like this but Limerick are there they're, they're not going to go anywhere they're a phenomenal team oh, the boys love hurling, they love winning stuff. Like, yeah, I I can see, uh, I can see uh, Limerick going on for a couple more. They're not going to go anywhere for 10 years.
2: No, like, I mean, with that age profile and the Kilkenny comparison, 2008, in 2008, Kilkenny won three in a row. They hammered Offaly. They hammered Wexford they beat Cork by nine points and they destroyed Waterford in the final. That's almost like this year for yeah. Limerick. Like, I yeah. mean, that's the level. That's the level. At least Tip came and stu- stepped up and challenged uh, Kilkenny. Yeah. We just don't know who's going to come up here. Like, you look at Declan Hannan went off. Straight away, young Coughlin comes on who's built like a rugby player and Kyle Hayes went centre-back. What's the big odds here? Sure, we grand? Yeah. yeah, that's the strength and depth they have and that's where the real danger lies is that they do have the conveyor belt
3: coming through. This is not a team... OK, it is a team that's been built up over the last few years but it's not a team that's at the end of the road. And not only are they not at the end of the road, but they have young lads jumping at the bit looking to come in. You know, we were looking at Cochrane there earlier on the year. I think he was sitting his leaving cert in a few weeks, and he was scoring two or three points in a game from left half back, eighteen years of age, and like the size of him. I mean, he was absolutely. He has a bit more growing to do as well, I'd imagine. You know, so they do have the conveyor belt. People are talking of what other counties can challenge. I think we've seen over the last month or so. The Cork do have the conveyor belt coming through, but never mind having the conveyor belt. It's having the attitude to challenge these fellas that you're going to have the neck first of all to go out and say, okay, we're going to take these fellas on. But look at Limerick have the conveyor belt. They have the lads coming through. Other counties just again have to step up and say right we're going to have a crack at these lads like Tip did you know um, in, in Munster have a crack at these lads or like Watford did in the semi-final but have a sustained attack and a,
2: a sustained crack at them is the big challenge now Yeah, and, and the beautiful thing for me as a football man is as a football man is the brains behind the whole operation <laughs> he's changed the whole tactics in Limerick Harlan and he's brought in a lot of football in as far as as far as I can see a lot of their drills are actually football drills when I see them um, at the, in the warm-up before the match a lot of the drills they do they just replaced the short stick pass with a kick pass that I would have done a lot of them even in football. Yeah. It's mad, like yeah, I mean to yeah. watch it, but he, they're definitely influenced. But teams have tried everything on them, Damien. Like I mean, how many times have we yeah, well, talked? The
1: big, the big thing is that a lot of teams have tried stuff, but not physically strong
2: enough. No, no. Well, like I mean, here's that, the thing. The here's the things we've discussed that teams have tried. They've tried holding their half back line in position their half-forward line destroys you. They score 36 points. You've tried following the half-forward line, their full-forward line destroys you. So now you try, you know, maybe one holding back. Now Keen mm. Lynch destroys you. Like, I mean, they've, Waterford tried to sew it into them. Sure, the Glimmerick bloody loved it. And it came back and gave it to them even more. You've tried long puck-outs, their half-back line will destroy you. You try, try short puck-outs, their zonal, their zonal uh, kind of uh, pressing will destroy you. Like, I mean, it's just going to have a team sit down and sometimes, Damien, I mean, you can have to hold your hands up and say, like, tactically, you can try whatever you want, but the best team's going to win. You know, they're just that far ahead of other I, teams.
1: Yeah, like, it's, they're just, as I, I've spoken the whole time about their middle eight, like, you have Burns, Hannon, Kyle Hayes, Darrow, Donovan, Willie, I don't know who, uh, Tegary, Keane and Tom Marcy. The, 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 the eight boys there are, they'll they're be fit to win to any rugby team, especially club rugby like this, and they win all the breaking balls. They never stop working. And as you said, they've tried everything, but the one thing is, and you and you referred to it earlier in the show, um, Colin, was the cork boys, I thought, and I was watching it, they didn't mark their men tight enough in regard to stop them for, for scoring. And like, the big example is, Geroj Hagerty scored a goal. And if you watch it, and I really noticed on the Sunday game, she was inside and there was no one on him for 40 yards. Kyle Hayes rose the ball, turned and he threw a hand pass over his shoulder and Hagerty rose and went straight in and buried it to the bottom right. Like they weren't marking tight enough, but lads, Limerick are just a phenomenal team. I, I, I can't praise them enough. I, 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 I can only imagine what it's like training them. I'd say they, the, the training sessions are so uh, you know, A to B at pace, it's strange. Lads are looking for um what they call progression to do better, but... It's just a phenomenal team, but no, the, I, I, the big thing is. The opposition teams aren't strong enough at the middle in the middle age to break them down
2: no they definitely don't look at it we're going to go through the three Limerick goals because all three Limerick goals it, we'll do it in part two we're just shambolic defending if mm. we're being honest mm. and like I mean that has to be said um, I want to talk about this Keane Lynch uh, tackle lads because Keane Lynch has been lauded and we're going to talk about him and his contribution have to say not being marked very tightly kind of you know helped him an awful imagine not marking Keane Lynch like <laughs> yeah. I mean she's just bizarre like I'm going yeah. to drop off Keane Lynch yeah and my midfielder's not going to we'll just leave do you know what we'll do we'll just leave him around the 45 completely free it's just bizarre but anyways he was having such a good game this is a a weird one Um, usually you do this when you're frustrated or you're pissed off well actually what he did I've never seen on a GA field before Mm. in my life Yeah. Um, so there's a bit of a carry on going on Robert Downey flicks the hurl back at him which seems to piss him off and at the time when he got the Clip on the leg with the hurl. Tim O'Matney comes in and puts his hand kind of over his shoulder. Mm. Keane Lynch grabs his arm and flips him over like a judo move and dumps him down on his head, Paul. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, it's a straight red card all day long, surely.
3: Yeah, it, it was it was a terrible tackle. And, you know, O'Mani is lucky. I was looking at it going, geez, he's lucky he didn't break his neck my there. my god. I think what was a tough one for for the um, for the officials there is that we've never seen a tackle like I can't remember seeing a tackle yeah. like that on the pitch before. And you see it once. I watched it and I had to watch replays because when I saw it happen, I said, what happened there? Like, Did they get tangled up? Did they fall over each other? But I think when you see it afterwards, it was a leverage in them over. Now, people have referenced rugby, saying if that was rugby, it would be a red card. It would, but you expect to see it in rugby. Where player, in rugby. Yeah, where yeah. you're picked up and you're not holding the player as he goes to the ground. But Keen Lynch dumped him over. I don't think Kean Lynch expected him to land on his back. He kind of wanted to throw him over. Nevertheless, well, he know. landed. A throw like that is, yeah, it, It's there's dangerous. a good chance
2: of that happening. Yeah,
3: yeah. and I think if we do have you know if if we did have the the hindsight of looking at VAR or something if the officials had that he would have probably got a red card because whether he meant it or not it was dangerous and he could have caused serious harm and look at it is something that they were ahead by a lot you know okay he got flicked back but keep the head here keep the head for all the great things you're doing don't let someone remember you for doing something
2: like that so again probably another learning curve for him but yeah really probably should have been red. he came back then after that he scored two or three of the best points you'll see again we'll talk about that afterwards but he lay down then Damien on the ground and he let on that he was hurt himself a little bit like Peter Casey did the time with Gleeson and we all agreed that there was very little in that and we defended Peter Casey it's very hard to defend this Damien like I mean you know a Paul says whether he meant it or not, he definitely meant to grab his arm and flip him over and there's only one way you're heading down there and that's down t- down on your head.
1: Yeah, well, as you, Downey, Downey uh, gave him a flick. So there was frustration there. So, he, and then he, uh, Just pure frustration, he lifted up Tim O'Mahony. To, now, I don't believe, just being struck, I don't believe that he went to put him down on his neck but it just shows you the strength of King Lynch that he lifted him up so easy up in the air and he landed on his neck. Right now, so it, it you know, there's no point in painting this. It was dangerous, right? I don't think he he meant to do it, but he did it, right? So, Colin, who do I blame? Like this, I have a huge issue with the linesman.
3: Who's that? Was that James that, Owens? It, no, I think it was James Owens was on that side,
1: yeah. yeah well, he's he's beside the column, so like he can also the, like the referee, the referee didn't see it, which is fair enough, hmm. he didn't see so that's why his linesmen are there for James Owens, like this. I know he had he was in enough of a bad press, uh, over the year, but. To me, he didn't want to make a call, right? Right, okay. And then he went into the umpires. They didn't make a call. So in fairness, the ref was right to issue two yellows. I've always said this. If you're in doubt, just issue two yellows like this. Now, Tim O'Mahony wasn't happy. But yeah, Keane Lynch then knew he did wrong. And then he started making out. He was injured. But I, it was a dangerous tattle, yes. It was a dangerous tattle. He went down and he pretended he was hurt, right? But James Owens didn't do his job. It was bad, bad official. And I'd say it's, you know, I don't care who it is. He was beside it. He seen what happened. He should be in everyone. But this is dangerous happening. Very, very bad uh, linesman play. And uh, uh, I would say that that's very poor.
2: Yeah. And amazingly, the Limerick crowd, O'Matani got the red, got the yellow. And then Keen Lynch got the yellow. And the Limerick crowd blew, booed Keen Lynch's yellow. Like, I was like, <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And then another. So I had never seen that on a hurling field before. And then I was sent a video Um, last night it was a a direct uh, message and the fella that sent it to me says did you see this I'd rather be spat on than have this uh, happen to me and it was Graham Mulcahy walking over picking up Robert Downey's hurl off the ground now maybe he saw Robert Downey flicking Keen Lynch who knows Mm. He, he, lifted up, he lifted up his hurl like you'd see, like you might do in a forest, breaking a <laughs> stick. And he stamped the side of it and yeah. cracked his hurling too. Yeah. Now, I've never seen that before. Tell me this is not a regular. Is this the worst thing you can do in a field? Have you yeah. seen this before, Paul?
3: No, I've never seen anyone do that before. Just go over, pick up someone's hurl and snap it in half. I just thought it was so <laughs> unusual that like, you know, like you were saying, if a lad spat on you, it, okay, it's filthy. Like, But it's not premeditated. A lad might do it in anger. But this was a kind of case wandering around. I see a hurl on the ground. I'll pick it up and I'll snap it in half. I thought it was the most. It was one of the most odd things I've seen on a yeah. pitch. And
2: would out of character for him. No, you would have yeah.
3: marked him, would you? Oh, uh, yeah. Like I mean, again, he—he's not a player who'd be. Uh, there's any way a bit of dirt or anything on the pitch. No. He wouldn't be needling at you. He wouldn't be throwing digs and like that. So completely out of character. Because yeah. when I saw it was Graham Malkay, I was going, "That's not." Mulcahy. That's not what he does, and so out of character. And I couldn't make sense of it. Why he did it? I don't. I just so I have no answer for why he did it or what the thinking behind it was.
2: Yeah, I if I was bringing the dog for a walk and it was a long stick, Damien, I'd snap one. I'd snap it like that so it'd be small <laughs> enough for me to throw on for the dog. That's the only thing I can use to describe what he did to the hurl. Yeah, well, I've never
1: seen that. I've seen lads throwing away a hurl, someone you know, to be a scuffle and start or whatever. you yeah you throw away a hurl. I I, I I was at a match one day where. Uh, a bit of a scuffle start and uh, a lad picked up a hurl and he, tr- he threw it in over the stand. <laughs> so, <Sorry, sorry. laughs> I've seen that. Was, what, your, yeah, your man no know. But I, I have never, i never seen another lad breaking um, breaking a hurl like that.
2: Yeah, Jesus it was definitely a weird one. So they were just kind of two incidents that have been glossed over, I think. Like, mm. I mean, I watched some of the Sunday, I don't think it covered the Keen Lynch thing at all. There no. is de- See, this is the problem when a team wins and are so impressive you don't want to take away from their moment of glory and you don't want to tarnish it but you have to yeah, if you want to yeah. do it right you have to do it and like I mean you remember like last week John Small's been slated because Dublin lost if Dublin had won that might have been brushed because oh let's not take away yeah, from a win yeah, yeah. you know you can't you can't do
3: it like that No there's a thing and I think people are cautious that if you highlight these things it's it's spiteful or it's you know that yeah, that's what you're yeah. doing that you're bitter or some way it's not like these are separate incidents that regardless whether a team wins or a team loses you want to have the discussion is that right or wrong? Or whose fault was it there? And you know, these things happen on a pitch. You're entitled to have a constructive argument about it. Yeah. But it's not bitter or it's not again, you know, if, if 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 Limerick lost in that situation, you know, people would probably point into those indications and say, Look at the frustration. Similar to Dublin last year,
2: it would be all over the place, These were yeah.
3: indications. They don't like it when you're on top or whatever. But they, when they happen when you win, like you said, people kinda of go, Ah, oh, sure, you can't be that spiteful or you know the anti Limerick brigade or whatever. It's not. You're just trying to have a conversation, and go, Why did you do this? or what's the story? What's the thing? thinking behind it so look both incidents were very strange and I think anyone's entitled to talk about them and still at the same time give credit to Limerick
2: yeah, there were two complete, completely shocking... Uh, sorry, Damien, I thought you were coming in there. There were complete, two completely shocking no, incidents. No, no, sorry. The reason, I don't, the reason I want to talk about because you, you don't want to see that ever on a field again, either situation, mm. a judo flip or a snap of that turl half. <laughs> like, I mean, this cannot happen. And if you don't talk about it, then maybe people listening or watching will think, Jesus, yeah, yeah, yeah. Geez, they got away with that, dropping yeah. a lad on his head. Anyways, did you notice the noise in Croke Park, lads, d- during the parade? Did it come across on television, uh, Paul? It was yes. the loudest Croke Park I had ever... Oh, yeah. Heard yeah. in my life, this mm. is obviously pent up frustration of 18 months. No All Ireland, no f- fans at last year's one. It felt like there was more than 40. I like got yeah. a lot of people. I was looking around thinking, There's more than 40 in here, not yeah. just the noise. Yeah. Didn't look like there was that many empty seats. I don't know, did they did pull a trick or something? Yeah, yeah, the noise in the parade. I couldn't yeah. hear myself think, my ears mm. were ringing.
3: Yeah, it was savage, it, and it did come across on telly. You know, I didn't travel up yesterday to be honest. I was kind of saying, Look, at, I, I didn't want to arrive on into the stadium 40,000 tickets, and I'm sure there was serious fight on for tickets across the counties but uh no look it did come across on telly and again it was like a release of a valve really from what I could see that you know people were back here and it was amazing to see the All-Ireland you know a few pictures popped up from the All-Ireland last year in in December or late November early December and a pitch black night and no one in the stadium and it couldn't have been any further from it so 40,000 people in the stadium it did come across and for both counties probably the you know the excitement of Cork that we got to the final and here we are and I managed to get tickets and different things but the atmosphere came across on telly and it it was brilliant to see it I I felt myself nearly getting nervous watching it because the, the sound of the crowd and the, the, the atmosphere that was there and but uh, you know just the, the emotion that was involved in it. Even Michael dignan before the match, you know, he was speaking, you could hear him getting emotional, but it was a fact we kind of almost had our All Ireland final day back. You yeah, know, yeah. And that people were there enjoying it again and were probably stepping out of this whole pandemic hopefully or on the path anyway. But there was I think there was a lot of emotion involved in it. And it was just great to see that, you know, that emotion came through in the atmosphere in Crowe Park and look, I can only imagine it was it must have been unbelievable yesterday to be to be in the middle of it.
2: Yeah, the, just the parade was the thing that Stood out for me, Damien. Like I mean, I love a parade, anyways, and I always feel like you, Paul. I'm not playing, but I start getting a bit nervous, and yeah. I don't know. It's just it's a special thing. But the noise yesterday, it has to be the COVID. You know, a year and a half were coming out of Damien, where <clears> people a poor woman would you believe? I had a letter on my on my desk this morning when I came in. A poor woman from Cork was after sending me a letter, a two page letter, and she included in the letter all her old All Ireland tickets. And photocopies of pictures she'd taken in Croke Park and explained to me what a great fan. is. if, what am I going to do? Like, I, oh, hey. if I had an accreditation, I wouldn't get a ticket myself. <laughs> she wanted a ticket. That was at the end of the letter. If you can do anything for me, I'm pleading with you to get me a ticket for this. I mean, like, I mean, tickets are impossible to get, Damien. And just people got yeah. there so lucky they were they had a ticket. And then you're thinking of the year and a half we had. And every supporter, I think, in the stadium just cheered at the top of their voice. And the parade, the parade was something very unique.
1: Oh, it was! I, I personally loved it. Uh, I, I I loved watching the all Ireland yesterday and seeing the crowd back there. And uh, as I said, I I, I loved seeing it when it wasn't a kind of like a wintry night. So I, I was really looking forward to yesterday's match. So I actually love watching this Limerick team play. I just think they're phenomenal. I just was, as you said, the roar and the crowd, and even I suppose as it's, it's the, the Hagerty's first goal. And um, what to call it? Uh, Kingston's goal. Geez, like you could tell the crowd were going bananas. Of I, personally I love all that stuff. I love the emotion in the in the in the crowd. But regarding tickets, Colin, I'd say it was impossible to get tickets for yesterday's match. I know it was half the attendance, but, like, you laugh, like, they, when, when people are desperate for tickets, what they do, like, I had a rake of customers from Limerick Ring and me wondering, <laughs> is there any way you could get me a ticket? Please, Damien, like, and tell, I, Jim, I bought that car off you. Like, <laughs> like I said, where will I get a ticket? You know, but it's like, when you're desperate and you just want to go, you will do absolutely anything, but I, I hopefully, it'll come to the stage, where it'll come to a full Full volume attendance in Crow Park again and uh, we'll have a full house again. But I, I personally love to see the crowd back there. I, I, I love the crowd roaring and jumping in,
2: flags, flags. It's brilliant Yeah She's definitely Definitely desperate When I'm getting a letter Like there's no letter I hope she got one Because I only got the letter This morning Yeah Like and because this letter Was so you know Bloody heartfelt And so much effort Went into it I would have made a few Phone calls to see Is there anything You wouldn't have got them You're not getting one On the Friday No uh, Before the All-Ireland But anyways Listen I hope she got I hope she got there We'll leave it there lads
1: if you if you got it, you could have brought her up into the
2: press box. <laughs> well listen, she could have watched it in the press box. She might have had more insights than I had looking down at <laughs> it. Right, we'll come back in part two and we'll talk about the match. All right, lads, so we'll talk about the game here. So we know it's Limerick 332, Cork uh, 122, and we'll start with the goals. Um, because <laughs> watching, watching the Sunday game last night, I watched the highlights back because uh, at the match things are happening so frantically that it's hard, to, it's hard to remember everything. But the Hegarty goal first, right? So Luke Mead tried a handy handy fan, hand pass. Um, just before that, Tim Matney and, and Grode Hegerty had contested a high ball. They both landed down on the ground at the same time, mm. right? Two of them hit the ground. Tim O'Matney got up and like a headless chicken just starts running down bald-headed for Keane Lynch who's been marked by by uh, Robert Downey at this stage yeah. and it just took one hand pass inside and Grode Hegarty's through and goes. Yeah. Now Tim O'Matney's marking the player of the year here. Yeah. He's obviously told you Mark mark Grode Hegarty. Yeah. There's a time when you know you can leave your man potentially and help your teammate. But when Geroad Hegarty's inside the 45, that's not that's not a time, is it? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's just that's just the start of the game. And like, I mean, we'll continue on with more examples, but that, that just seemed, they continued kind of as they started.
3: Yeah, yeah. And that was the thing. And it seemed to be, I couldn't figure out for ages, are they man-marking or are they zonal? Because at times... They just seem to be running away from their own man. Okay, we, you do encourage them supporting and getting in and tackling and surrounding the Limerick lads because that's something you'd have to do. Yeah. But there were times where you weren't kind of. It looked like the car players weren't looking at their own man. Now Luke Meads one, you know that's criminal. He he back he had passed the ball backwards towards his own goal, not knowing who's behind him. Now he might have seen someone in his in his rearview mirror or something and said, "Yeah, I'm going to pop it back to him." But something I would say in that position, and you know at the time, let's say when we played Limerick in 2019 in a similar position at the end of the match where Hurdaro Donovan got to the sideline a throw ball went in before the throw ball I looked back to see is Owen Murphy behind me can I get the ball back to him and I looked and Aaron Gillan was standing there so I said I can't go backwards with this ball because first of all we're up by a point and there's if I'm not going to run back towards my own goal here I'm going to keep the ball coming out Joey Holden popped it to me. I was near the sideline and lad said, why did you just try and strike it? Because I was saying, one, I don't want to be caught for over-travelling. Two, I don't want to go back towards my own goal because Aaron Gallan is behind yeah. me and I was caught for a sideline. So when I looked at that and I saw Luke Mead just hand-passing it back towards his own goal, I said, you don't know who's behind you. What yeah, are you yeah. doing? Do you know? But like you said, Two lads went towards Kean Lynch and straight away I was going, You have one of the biggest men in hurling about to sprint through the middle, you know, stuff like that. And Downey and it, had
2: him held up, you see. That's what I don't think yeah, he didn't yeah. need help and necessarily.
3: Yeah, y- y- it's like the thing they say in football, the sideline is another man, like is in you have him held up. You nearly have him towards the end line. Just stand him up and keep him out there. But don't get tunnel vision and not look, where's my man? Because there's surely if you're not marking someone, there's someone free somewhere on the pitch, you know. So the first goal I just thought so early in the match. You know, I couldn't figure out, are you, are you man-marking here now or are you zonal or what are you doing? And they didn't seem to know either, which was yeah. criminal. And sure, look, Limerick just copped it straight away and Keen Lynch popped it through. And sure, great goal out of Yeah, game.
2: they're great at giving that pass when they are a bit under pressure. And if there's two or three on one man, they know someone else has to be free. The yeah. second one was completely comical, Damien. You wouldn't see this in a, in a, in a, a, a club game where um, Robert Downey's marking Flanagan and O'Donoghue's marking Galan and Flanagan came from behind Galan pointed out looking for the ball and the ball went down that side O'Donoghue didn't really see Flanagan making the run so O'Donoghue thought I'll be smart now and I'll run across Galan's not even running for this so he just leaves Galan comes over to try and intercept that ball Flanagan gets it and just in an all-earned final you're getting Galan getting a pass completely unmarked on the bloody 21 metre line and sticks it away like comical stuff
1: yeah yeah and the the thing about as well like Seamus Flanagan got the ball um and just to say about Flanagan I think he's the most improved hurler on that Limerick team I, I know he only scored one point yesterday but I thought what he did for the team you know and it often happened to me as a corner forward I might only score a point lads that start saying I only scored a the point but he laid off so many scores and he worked so tirelessly and for the team just to I want to acknowledge that because often you'd only speak about the players that get the scores but when he got the ball it was a pure training session drill, and I'm on about this the whole time. It was stick pass, stick pass straight to Galan. Galan caught the ball, he turned onto his favourite left-hand side, but the thing about it is, and you're right, he wasn't marked, which is uh, hilarious in an All-Ireland final. but watch the finish column. Galan drove that ball to it, and he wanted it to bounce in front of the goalkeeper, which is literally impossible. They hit the ground in Crow Park, basically. Grass on concrete, would say, it, and the ball hit it and traveled straight to the back of the net. And it was, just, it was, a, it was a brilliant goal. It was a sucker punch. But like, as you said, the marking was absolutely shocking. But like, once again, Flanagan's stick pass to Gallan and Glan's finish was top class. And like, was, as you said, like, I, I think there was a rule, maybe Paul can verify this, but the rule was that one time Brian Cody said to the Kilkenny players that if you're as much as the width of your arm away from your forward, he's too far. And I don't know whether that's only a myth, but, like, that's how cl- tight you have to be to your man, column is the width of your arm, that's as far as as room as he gets. Right? And, like, the core players give the the Limerick forwards way too much space in the story.
2: Yeah, well, like, I mean... In- that, it's not, That's not an no incredible insight from Brian Cody. You mark your man tight means that you're up beside him and you're yeah. not leaving him out of your sight. Yeah, yeah. And the idea, I oh, will get on to Mark Coleman in a minute because the, we, we go through this uh, second or third goal first. So Hegarty, this is probably the worst example. Garode mm. Hegarty. There's no one within 20 metres of him.
3: Yeah, I say. Under again. the Cusick
2: <laughs> stand. Yeah, yeah. And did you see Tim O'Matney running into the shot from the other side of the bloody field? Yeah. At yeah, the very yeah. Robert Downey gave a half hearted effort at bloody stopping him. Yeah. He cuts inside and buries the goal. And now Tim O'Matney's landing into the. Yeah. What's going on here in an yeah. All Ireland final, Paul? Like, hmm. mark your man. Yeah. Where yeah. is your man at all yeah. times? Yeah, there was no man marking happening. And it was just
3: criminal because obviously when you see it from the normal view that the camera gives you, you think, oh, he's after drifting away here. But when you see it from the end view behind the goal, there was no one with him and there was no one seemed to even acknowledge that Garrod Hearty is free here and Keen Lynch was running up the line, okay, he was being hounded, but even as it was happening, as it was just playing out, there was no one running towards Hegarty even at that stage. And the like Hegarty picked it up, had a look around and he wasn't even at full sprint. He was just no. trotting in little jink and stuck it. And you could see, if you look further out the pitch, the half back line of Cork was actually out around midfield. And I was going, OK, you were flooding forward with the ball, but once you lose the ball, start flooding back. Don't start going, oh, we'll see, or that's not my man. But there seemed to be a lot of people just being... Like unaccountable for their players. Like who's man marking? Yeah. I think the easiest thing to do if you're going okay, we're marking Limerick, and people talk about solutions and how do we beat them. I think first of all you have to go toe to toe with your man. Pick a man. Who's responsible for him? All right, I'm at Garrod Higgerty. Garrod Higgerty goes in corner forward or he's wing forward wherever he is. I'm with him and I'm hounding him. If Garrod Higgerty beats me, he beats me. But I'm with him. I'm hounding him. I'm staying with. Him. I'm not going zone. Okay, I'll go at Garrod Higgarty because they'll confuse you If you think I'll go at Garrod Higgarty, now Keane Lynch is over here. I'll take Keane Lynch. And now the lad who was marking Keen Lynch, Geroad Hegarty's gone missing and he goes, oh no, I'm in here, I'm in this zone, Geroad Hegarty. There's confusion everywhere. Yeah. Pick a man, go with him. But the, the, what I think is criminal is the fact not even to lay a hand on him, you know, get out there, stick something into him and at least make
2: life hard on him. But it did, there wasn't even a hand laid on him, which is criminal. There was, like, I mean, the, 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 what was happening, Cadigan followed Morrissey, like we predicted last Friday, and Tim O'Manty was Mark and Geroad Hegarty. And then the, the big one was uh, Mark Coleman and Keane Lynch. What's he going to do? And he's been trying to drop off. Now... Oh, I don't know. I saw a couple of examples where Luke Mead was going back to pick up uh, Keane Lynch and then Mark Coleman would drop or whatever. You know, it didn't happen that often because Keen Lynch, you know, Damien, it's like Keen Lynch drops into midfield. It's very handy for a midfielder to pick him up then. Mm. Keen Lynch played a cute, Keane Lynch played a lot more forward. Yeah. Where now Mark Coleman's trying to drop off a lad who's in a feckin', you know, in a yeah. dangerous position and Luke Mead's too far to go to pick him up. I think Keane Lynch played a very, very cute in that one. So Mark Coleman was of the... Like, he didn't know whether to be dropping, whether to be marking. He was doing one or the other. And Keen Lynch ran amok and the full back line had no cover. Like, he didn't no. know where he was coming or going. Mark Coleman didn't have a good game at all. But I think that was a system, probably, issue. And Keenly, I was sent 27 screenshots, Damien, this morning by a friend of mine. And this is only from the Sunday game of Keen Lynch and nobody near him in scoring positions. Like, imagine giving probably the best player in the game at the moment... A free roll in an all-out final.
1: Well, I, I, I reckon the Keane Lynch, I said this to you last, uh, whatever tour it, I reckon the Keen, there was going to be a big performance in Keane Lynch because I reckon that man has standards and he raises the bar and I don't think he was happy with his own semi-final performance like this. But like it was straight from the off, I think it was 12 seconds, he got laid off the pa- pass from William O'Dunham straight to him and drove it straight over the bar. And he no one on him, Damien.
2: setting the bar- Huh? No one on him for that point, and that they that, continue
1: that, that, that That's I, I agree. To you. If we were only playing club hurling, or even if it was junior, it doesn't matter. You'd be going out and say, "Lads, you got to mark your own man." And I, I agree with that. Whatever game plans you have, you've got to mark your own man, you're you're in you're in control of your own man. That's your responsibility. I've always said this. Like I don't care like this, and we often have lads with pull back pull back and mark my man like you're in responsibility of your own man and like some of them limerick forwards they're not just based to got in the one. and that's actually two two all-Irelands in a row we'll say for example for Garo Chier, he, that he's basically played two all-Ireland finals and he's hardly been marked like he should have scored a third goal as well remember that column he missed the third goal as well and Keen Lynch Keen Lynch ran riot there yesterday so he did at half the time he wasn't being marked or not being marked tight enough uh, as we we'll call it but yeah, I, I, just, I thought Cork should have went with a sweeper uh, uh, myself up to the first half and maybe go for it in the second half. Yeah, you know, try to keep the, the score down. Like maybe they did they, they a different game plan, but it didn't work.
2: Yeah, I'm starting to think a sweeper is the only way to go five forwards and have an extra seventh defender, uh, Paul, because all this talk is too easy. One thing that Limerick do, and they're smart, is this idea that Coleman has to be the sweeper. Mm. Like Lynch... Was playing too well, and he was in a dangerous position. Carl Hegerty could be way back to field, but Timo Matin following him. Mm. And Coleman's dropping off Lynch, who's in a dangerous position. Why can't Coleman mark the man who's in a dangerous position? Whoever's man goes back too far yeah. and a midfielder can handily pack him up. I often mm. see with Limerick, Hannon could be the extra man, Nash could be the extra man, Finn yeah. could be the extra man. Yeah. They swap it around based on who's not dangerous at the moment.
3: Yeah, yeah. Whereas
2: if it's always Coleman, yeah, yeah. you know, I can imagine Limerick just saying before this game, Cian, you stay in dangerous positions. If he's going to drop off you, yeah. you know, what, what can he do in that situation? The yeah. easiest thing is to drop off a man that heads off back into midfield. He gets lost in the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. And your midfielder can pick him up handy enough.
3: Yeah, yeah. And and like that, you do see Limerick adapt to it very quickly. And I think if you want to go and you want to play a sweeper and you pick one man to be your sweeper, it's it's far too hard to keep that man as the sweeper. If you're like you need a savage game plan to that one man gets to be the sweeper for the whole entire game, doesn't mark a man. And like you said, what Limerick seem to do is the first thing they do is Everyone get a man, and if someone doesn't have a man, okay, you're the sweeper now. And they're all capable of playing the sweeper. So, like you said, Sean Finn could be like they all grab a man nearest man to him. Like let's say as a play goes on, they break it down. Right, everyone grab a man. They grab a man. Okay, Declan Hannan is free now, and he holds it and he talks and he keeps control. But then a play might evolve. Declan Hannan grabs a man. and next thing Dermot Burns is a little bit free. Dermot Burns slots in and goes, okay, yeah. And they do it like that. They don't try and say Declan Hannan has to be the free man. No, we're all man markers. And if it turns out then that there is someone free play the free man and you know what the role is and that's the thing they all know what that role is they know that when the ball comes down to the backs let's say if it goes over to the left half back position or down to the left corner back and we saw it a few times um, Jack O'Connor actually ran into a bit of trouble because the spare man ran across and it was just a cul-de-sac so you had lads converging on him because the spare man would just run over and help where the ball is as opposed to sitting in that pocket hoping that, you know, lads will pop you the ball and we can just work it out. So you can't just go with one man, but I do agree, you do need to filter players back and not just, I suppose, go man for man. You need players pulling back to be that, to be that
2: free man. Yeah, so because, because uh, Coleman didn't know whether to drop off or whether to be marking, he was probably doing half and half. And the one time I did see Luke Mead picking up uh, Keen Lynch. Coleman was able to drop without having to worry about him. Shardaro Donovan was just on his own, completely free, running around with the hand up looking for balls because nobody dropped back on him. I thought it was all very confused stuff um, from Cork in in, in its entirety, uh, Damien. But like, I mean, when you, when you look at a situation where the times where the half-back line of Cork were all trying to mark their men or pushed up. The space in front of Flanagan and Galan is just, it's just incredible. But it's their movement. Flanagan's movement in particular, because Galan will stay on the edge of the square for a longer ball. Flanagan never stops. He plays as a target man. And I don't mean a target man like Declan Dalton or like, you know, years hmm. ago. He's a target man who's constantly out in front. And when he gets out in front, it sticks you look, Jack O'Connor gets out in front and he could run over the ball or it doesn't get it up. He's weak. Mm. He's only a little slip of a fella. Like Flanagan, when you give the ball up to Flanagan, number one, he's going to be out in front of his man, well in front of him. And number two, it's sticking to him. Like, I mean, they have it everywhere, Limerick. They just really do. And the ball that they give into him is brilliant. And he makes brilliant runs off the ball, over back and then shoots out to the wing. I remember a few times in the first half, it was just Jack O'Connor and Horgan inside. Loads of room in front of them neither of them made a run? Even Jack O'Connor didn't make a run. It was like he was waiting for the ball to come up a little bit further and let Cork get caught in possession because they're not getting it down. I don't know. Like I mean, a target man should be out in front all the time, and I was a bit disappointed with Jack O'Connor that he he wasn't able to do that.
1: Well, um, when you're playing in the full four line column, whether it's hur- hurling or football, the the rule is that you have to always try to get out in front of your man. Look, it's always going to be the case. It'll happen. And it'll be tough enough, but. As I said to you, I think Flanagan is the most improved hurler on that Limerick set-up. I think, he's, I think he had an unbelievable season, actually, so I did. And as I said yesterday, what, what Flanagan brings is he's a huge target man. So he's, and he's able to hurl, and he's able to come out in front, and he's able to take a couple of scores. Even his point yesterday was a lovely score. But what he did yesterday was, if you were to add up all the scores that he made up for, the op, for his teammates, like I reckon he a could have come to one three one four one five in assists. Like this, and he was—he's an ultimate team player. He even gave a lovely little ball there, if you can remember, with a bit of vision to Graham McKay Through a couple of players, yeah. like and McKay could even went in and maybe went for a goal. But it, that's what—that's what Flanagan was bringing. So basically, you have workers, you have scorers in that Limerick team. Then you have Keen Lynch, that is a wizard, right? And then you have Flanagan, this an assist man that can get a score, that can lay off a ball, and no problem laying off a ball. Like this. but you're on about the ball being delivered and all that kind of it's all coming from the training pitch it's all coming from good coaching it's it, this has been discussed it's been spoken about There, I will guarantee you they've been shown video analysis of where all the what we call the positive results are coming but out in front yeah there's a big difference between the Cork full forward line and the Limerick full forward line 100% and then you have the, the, and then you have Peter Casey that's floating yeah. Casey just floats around and gets the offloads
2: is is like, would much coaching be done to a full forward line on movement, Paul? Because, mm. like, I think about this a good bit. Say there's a two man full forward line in there. Are they communicating and, and moving? Because in Gaelic football, we've been doing that for years because you get good, you know, good passes in. Whereas traditionally, hurling your, your a, a good high ball will come in and you might loop around or yeah. it's different movement. Yeah. Whereas now the ball's coming in like Gaelic football, it's coming yeah. in lovely. So does hurling the like, is Limerick out ahead of other teams? coaching movement you know mm. and how to get free and yeah. you know the, the, the set up of the three lads in there one in front of two mm. you know I don't see other teams kind of at that like that one yeah. in front of two is in Gaelic football for a long you know what I mean yeah, a long yeah, time yeah. There's
3: it, lots of stuff that is coming on and, and, and like you said earlier with, with Paul Knurk that he's bringing a lot of stuff from football there's two big things that I think that he has brought to it and like you often see things at inter-county level that transfers down to club level and see it happen at club level now and nearly every team is setting up in a way that you'll have one forward that will drift out a small bit and create space for the two forwards and like Damien is saying that's Peter Casey he'll drift out and leave Seamus Flanagan and uh, Aaron Gallan inside and as you said from football they come in nice and tight together we played them down in Turles was it 2018 I think it was we played them down in Turles and uh we, we hadn't encountered this before where they all bunched in together. together. You had Graham Mulcahy, you had Seamus Flanagan and you had Aaron Galan and they bunched in together and they would break. And, yeah. and, and now we're talking about this for the last few years because we know it's happening but that was the first time we encountered it. And we were kind of going, what's this and how do we deal with it? And Brilliant because you're asking questions at the full backline. So now the way they seem to be doing it and it, it's, it's again another part that Cork were criminal of yesterday was they just allowed them to do it. You know, they created the space where... They just didn't go man for man with them and didn't chase him. Seamus Flanagan makes the ball stick when it gets in there. Yeah. Aaron Galan makes it stick. That's the Damien difference, said, isn't it? That is a difference. First, it's great if the ball is going in, but if they're not able to make the ball stick, it's 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 useless. You know, it's it's pointless. The ball is going in, great, but there's acres of space in front of them. Cork needed to sit back and block that out Limerick want to do it you know they want to do it uh, Cork need to have the bottle and the communication to be able to sit back and block that out but it is coming from football and it's coming from Paul Knurk and the other thing I would say as well is something that I see in in Hurling now that is coming from football is okay we say about going man-marking but in football, when I see a player go past another player, regardless of whether it's his man or not, he goes with them because he knows he's a supporting player. That's not something hurlers really wouldn't do. Be used to that, no. Hurlers wouldn't be used to seeing a man off the shoulder and going, Oh, that's number nine on his back, but I'm marking number eleven yeah. oh, I, I don't oh that's someone else's man. Whereas now you see the Limerick boys, a player goes off his shoulder, whether it's let's say William O'Donoghue is out at midfield and he sees Coleman going, he runs with him because he goes, I'm taking that and that's something I think came from football as well, because that's not a traditional hurling thing. We go oh tracking runners, track yeah. yeah. Tracking runners. What you have to do, and it's something Cork didn't do. Cork didn't track runners, they kind of went zonal sometimes. Did they go man for man? We don't know. But one thing they definitely didn't do was track runners, they didn't track any of them. So I think that is something. There are two things you're dead right in saying it that have come from football, and there's lots of stuff that's coming from football that in hurling are going, Oh, this is actually something we could use really well. But Limerick are doing it,
2: yeah, no, definitely. And like even Davy Fitz with Wexford, with the like their I, runners were never I, tracked, I, and he caused mayhem, he nearly won in all Ireland, you know, with yeah, yeah. this kind of stuff. That tracking runners is I a big thing.
1: Yeah, and and Colin, just an interesting thing, and this is for people that are listening, to it, right? Do you know the way in full four lines? You'd have one that goes into number thirteen, and the full four goes to fourteen, and number fifteen goes into fifteen. Colin, like just just look at Aaron Galan's goal for anyone that's listening to this program, and they can look at YouTube like this. It's hilarious. The two boys line up in front of each other, Galan and Flanagan. They actually. They're, they're, they're one in front of the other. And when the ball is driven in, one can go left and one can go right. It's nearly the new formation of the full forward line. So if they actually are literally one in front of the other. Not, they're not in their position. And then Casey floats around, we call it the semi-circle, and gets on to breaks. And that's where they got their goal. If, just, if someone wants to watch that piece, that's, and you know who does that a lot as well was Tipperary with Jamie Flanagan. And so they, you know it's an Eamon O'Shea that they line out in front of each other, not in their positions, corner forward and full forward in front of her with about fifteen yards between them. Yeah. it's nearly the new formation of intercounty county full
2: forward in a straight line yeah well, the, 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 it, it is Casey on the D and it's Flanagan and Galan almost just standing on the edge of the small square mm. that's where they stand and they yeah. break but they could go behind each other or Galan mightn't go at all yeah. so yeah. Flanagan will go either side because yeah. he's bloody he's, he's just he's relentless in his des- Like I'm, I'm not going to lie I've said it on the show before he reminds me of when I, I played that role for Leash mm. where I'm just I'm not a good scorer now Flanagan's a lot better now he's improved that it, yeah. but your job for the team is to be out in front get that ball and give it to someone running past you yeah and I, I he just reminds me of that role that I played in Hurling you know yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. why I see a lot of these similarities but then Galan you saw the ball he didn't go running for and he caught it over a who yeah. remember like yeah. that was given in long to him yeah. if the Flanagan yeah. one's not on yeah I don't know and then look at from from a defensive point of view like I mean Kyle Hayes Jack O'Connor tried to take him on yeah it sure it's yeah. just like a minor taking on a <laughs> seriously a senior yeah, and he just yeah, flicked yeah. the ball and just yeah. set up another attacker Hannah and Robbie O'Flynn tried to take him on yeah. and we we're thinking this is how Cork can get at Limerick mm. yeah, running at them didn't work at all
3: no no it didn't and it didn't because they seemed to be running at them on their own there was no support play I mean Jack O'Connor like we said there was one ball he got out at the far side in the first half, and he ran down, and he just looked, and there was three limit players around him. Like, where was he meant to go? As fast as he is, he you're running to Sean Finn. You know, you're running to Morrissey, you're running to Ever. It's all well and good if Jack O'Connor wants to run and make that move. Okay, it worked off for Kingston for for Kingston's first goal. He just managed to get through, and you know, Sean Finn didn't pull him down. Um, probably well aware of the new rule, obviously, but they were running, and there was no support, and that was that was a big thing for me, which was kind of I think Cork would be very disappointed with. Not only when they were going forward, there wasn't huge support, but they didn't support. Each other when they were meant to be defending as well, so that was evident across, across the field. They were working as individuals. Where you look at Limerick, they're not individuals. A lad gets a ball, and you look at the first man who wins the ball for Limerick as soon as he wins it, he doesn't even look to strike it. He has the hurdle shortened right down, and he's looking to pop it off to the man who's moving in the other direction that has the head up. Yeah, and something we would have worked on. And again, not to be going back, I'm sure, not to be giving out about talking about 2019 one thing that we would have worked on and said we have to do is hit them before they get their head up. You can't let them get their head up because if they look up, they pop a ball off and suddenly the ball is out into open space. Don't let them get it into open space because then we're talking about the full cycle and if you look at a lot of Limerick scores, ball breaks down in the, let's say, the full back line. Sean Finn gets it. Sean Finn looks up and pops a hand pass out to Declan Hannan. Declan Hannan moves it out to Will O'Donoghue, has a look up at the field. Now they have their heads up and we're talking of Seamus Flanagan uh, or Aaron Gillan running. That's the cycle, you know. Hit them before they get the head up and don't let them. Worst case scenario, let them strike the ball when they're not looking. If they want to strike it over the shoulder and take a chance, but give the back a chance to win that ball or at least put so much pressure on them that they're
2: not just looking around I'll pop the ball to Kyle Hayes. Because they just popped it around yesterday. And it all goes back to Paul, the point you're making of not tracking runners. So like, I mean, the ball is given from, uh, just as an example, Dan Morrissey to Declan Hannan. Barry Nash is sprinting past him potentially or someone else is and it's laid off and yeah. now he's out into open space yeah. and that runner's not tracked because you're you're thinking, ah, oh, geez, he's not, well, you yeah. know, he's yeah. not a danger at the moment. But that's what they do. They, yeah. they support the man on the ball brilliantly until they get out into clear space and then it's delivered and their movement's brilliant. Like, I mean, yeah. it's flawless yeah. at the moment, the game yeah. plan. And then, you know, like, I mean, w- one other thing, Damien, here is that Limerick had 58 shots. So, like, the big one is that when Cork scored their goal, I remember I, I, I looked down at my programme and I write a few things in it so I'll remember. And I look back up and I heard, saw the umpire waving the flag the other end. Now, this is too fast, right? So, like, Limerick got 58 shots away. That's too many. Like, I mean, the game of Hurling, that's not even including uh, Cork's shots away. So, say when, when Kingston scores that goal, would it not be better if the referee doesn't allow that puck out until he blows his whistle and is ready for it. Like, I mean, because I don't know, I think it's gone too fast as in, Hannum wasn't even being marked. He just got the ball and ran up the field and put it over the bar. That's too easy. Mm. Like, if you if, if Brian Cody was, mark, was refereeing an A versus B's in Kilkenny, and he wouldn't allow a puck out like that because he said, wait, wait till everyone's marking each other. Do you ever hear, like, uh, yeah. referees I used to have with managers, they wouldn't allow the game resume until everyone was marking. Would it bring the contest back into it a bit, Damien, that these short puck outs to a man that's not yep. being marked and it goes straight over the bar? Like, would the game as a spectacle be better if the referee just just, wait, just made the, the goalkeeper wait 10 seconds and blew his whistle, we're ready to go again?
1: Yeah, well, the rule is that they have to wait until the whistle is blown when you get a score, right? So Kingston went up the field and he got his goal, right? So basically, um, Quaid should have had to wait, right? But I remember watching that piece of uh, clip, and I know the one you're on about, Column, right? And I remember Peter Casey back in the, on his 21-yard line helping out his team, right, uh, when Kingston got the goal. So Peter Casey started running back up the field, so he did, right? No one bothered picking him up, right? Quaid put the ball straight out to Peter Casey, right? Which I didn't realise who scored it because I was watching that in the video. I didn't know. All, and when they showed it again, the umpire was waving the white flag down. <laughs> and I, it was only when I was watching the Sunday game. But number one, Cork again is an example of the more marking up, right? Number two, it showed Casey had the freedom that he could roam around, right? But three, yeah, it's it's. I think he shouldn't be allowed... Um, put out a ball, especially when you get a score, until the whistle. But that actually is a rule, Colin, that you're nice. not meant to uh, put out a ball until you get a whistle. But then going back to the training session, I, I, I've often seen that with the, with the training sessions where you'd have a lad in goals, and next thing he put the ball out to so the cornerback and the wingback and no one marked him, it's, and you stop it because it's an out-handy ball and he's not being challenged, so it's doing nothing for him in a training session, you know. And he, he's getting away with murder, with saying his man hasn't picked him up. But... Yeah, the game has gone too fast, but the, the rule actually is there, Colin, that he should have had to wait for the whistle to be blown, uh, which he didn't, and he got away with it. But the other thing was, who was Mark and Peter Casey in the middle of the pitch and not picking him up, and next thing he just catches, the ball throws it over the barriers. It was so easy for Limerick in so many different areas in an All-Ireland final it was hard to believe
2: you, you would forgive the defender a little bit there Paul Peter Casey's gone so far back I might just wait here and be the, the plus one mm. and then he gets the quick puck out yeah. and it goes uh, like what's happening here like I'm sure you remember examples of Cody blowing it up saying you're not all marking or whatever yeah, yeah. That's happening now in all our finals. Yeah, Isn't it yeah, hard to believe that yeah. a quick poke out is just going to a man completely free yeah. and it's going over the bar the other end? It's, yeah, hard, it's yeah. bizarre, is it not? Well, it just
3: comes back to the principles of man marking and being touched tight to different things. And you, you say about what would we have done in training? Like one of the things, Brian, Brian would have rarely blown the whistle in training, but one of the things he would have absolutely blown a gasket for was if there's anyone in acres of space. It would have been criminal because there's no excuse for it, you know, and you, you wouldn't even dare put your hand up and say, oh, sure, I was marking your man because it's an excuse. There's no excuse for it, you know, um, and uh, teams developed this. Wexford would have developed it over the years where they would have had like the likes of um, different lads just running up the wing. So the wing backs would go beating up. Sean Murphy might just take off up the way. Yeah. We hit wide and the ball they'd begun sprinting up the line because the keeper has the ball in his hands and he's, he's going to strike one because again, like Damien said, with a wide you don't have to wait for the whistle to be blown and strike it up right. but referees have kind of got distracted like you, you can walk into a referee before a match and you say to him what are you looking for today and he'll go oh advantage I'm, I'm going to play a nice bit of advantage here and I'm going to pull you on steps and that whatever and it almost seems to change from referee to referee as to what they're going to pull for but I remember there was a phase of during the league where Clare were poking out the ball really quickly and you nearly go in, and we were talking about it. I'd say highlighted to the referee before the match. Listen, are we waiting for the whistle there, on, on or can we just poke away? Right. And you're reminding the referee because yeah, yeah. you don't want them to poke out the ball too quickly. But like you said, the rule is there. If so, they're not being it's not being enforced really. Then it's enforced in some matches. You'll often see it if you go to a club match and a lad will poke out a ball, and the referee will blow the whistle correctly. Like he'll blow the whistle because he's marking it down in the book, and that's yeah, that's yeah. the reason it's there for it's to give him time to. And do you'll hear effort. the other the, the other opposition will roar, going, what are you blowing it up? For we had the ball." I said, "Yeah, well." the rule is there and you will see it enforced sometimes probably a hard one as well to enforce in all Ireland final day with the, noise. With the noise and with the atmosphere and I'll be honest watching the match yesterday I heard a lot of whistles because the 40,000 40, people there seemed to be a few people in the crowd that were blowing whistles and I thought it was actually quite distracting now, not that that has anything to do with the puck outs or anything but it is quite hard and I think Fergal Horgan was just literally ball went in over the bar marking it down and he sees the ball is out let it on and he was trying to let it. again we're talking yeah. about flow we're, we're talking one week about having flow in but the is match
2: but is it, is it a good flow when lads that are completely unmarked are getting it and sticking it over the bar is that a good flow or would it be better if the referee waited 10 seconds let kind of things reset and now stick it out and we're going to see a contest here
3: no I would say yeah. let it on I mean it's, it's Cork's fault it's not Fergal Horgan's fault right? Right. you know so he's just playing look mark it down if he's marked it down happy enough play away but it shouldn't be a case of hold on, wait till I blow the whistle, Cork, are you happy enough? Okay, Cork, let <laughs> yeah. marked up. But that's Grand. an extreme version. You know if yeah. he gives it, I think, to be honest, let it on. If, if the ball goes over the par, Fergal Horgan's happy enough that he docked it down and it takes him two seconds to do it and the ball is going down. It's Cork's problem. Yeah, you know, yeah. Mark you up, left him mark up. There. up. Look, Limerick are sharper leave it on with Limerick leave the advantage with the attacking team and, and on you go now if it's a case where the ball is flying in over the bar and Nicky Quaid pucks out the ball and the ball isn't even in and the flag isn't even okay blow it back but
2: no let him on let the flow to the game and it's Cork's problem yeah okay that's fair enough um, but just a final word on Cork Damien here where do they go from here like you know, it's almost like you need to rip up the script. Fitzgibbon is in terrible form. Coleman looks more of a number 7 now than a, than, a, than a number 6. Robert Downey might be better as a number 5. Tim O'Matney can't mark. He might be better as a number 12. Like they need a bit they need some physicality in midfield. They brought Damien Catalan on to mark um, O'Donoghue because he was kind of bullying them around the place. You know, who are their who's their new full back? Who's their new center back? You know, who's their target man up front? That's going to make the ball stick if that's the way they, if they want to play with the two man full forward line. Jeez. Jesus, they, I don't know what their young lads coming through are like, but you know, are they more kind of you know fleet-footed, less physical, skillful boys? or they need a they need a few Limerick type players? I think.
1: Yeah, well, I, I'll tell you one thing: the Cork will be praying for, and they'll be praying that they don't get Limerick in the first round of the Munster Championship next year. And in the regard, because they get another hammering. For example, that'll be a hammering in an all-Ireland final in the first round of the championship. So that's one thing that they'll be praying that they won't get. They'll be hoping they might get a fair, uh, you know, a, a fair draw like this. But, like, it's it's hilarious, you know, what two days can do. Lads were saying that they were going to give them a, a running game to Limerick and did like this. they were just way off the pace, lads. And there's a lot of them players that aren't good enough. And now they have so many question marks over the team. So... I think the Cork manager would have to go back to the drawing board again and see, as you say, Colm, are they going to look for a target man at 14, like, for example, a Flanagan, to see and maybe give Patrick Horgan the Roman role that Peter Casey had. They have a lot of question marks now over all their team. Are they going to go out and out with a sweeper from here on in no matter what? Uh, who's going to play full-back? You're, you're dead right, but one thing's for certain is they don't want to meet Limerick and they'll be praying they don't want to meet Limerick in the first round of the
2: Championship. Um
1: Next
2: year because they do think we we'll get another hiding. Yeah, where where do you see them, um, Paul? Like I mean, I know I, like and I, I like it, this might sound like hindsight stuff, but they got a terrible beating. Yeah, I didn't see that beaten coming myself. Like I, it's almost hoped and kind of you know expectation in a lot of ways. You want to see a good match and yeah. you know build it up, but Jesus. On the evidence of yesterday, they're a mile off where they need to be.
3: Yeah, well, where I see them just being the mile off was just the aggression, the attitude. You know, the the, the thinking that, okay, if we go out here and Limerick beat us, they beat us. But we're going to get out here and put something on them. And we're going to get out here and have a cut of them. But the idea, I got the impression yesterday they wanted to play around Limerick, which just, uh, you're not going to play around Limerick. They wanted to move the ball around away from the trouble areas, which... Limerick will just say, fine, we'll just we'll work around you. you, you keep playing the way you want to play and we'll just break you down anyway. It seemed like they had one tactic where I think regardless what your tactical play is going to be, whatever way you're going to set up, the one thing has to be there is the work rate and the attitude that we're going to get stuck in. Did Aaron Gallan have won free in the first half, maybe on the 21, the one who he's fouled for where Peter Case got I think he had won inside the 65. That to me says that you weren't laying a hand on them. Like, you just let them on and let them do whatever. So, you can go out there and what I would say is, look, this Limerick team... You're gonna to have to take a lot of boxes to beat them. You're gonna to have to like skillful. Like they're, they're the most skillful team in the place. Work rate, physicality, everything. But you're gonna to have to start taking those boxes. There's no one box you can take that goes like tactically. Oh yeah, we'll yeah. Beat. no, they won't. They'll outwork you. They'll skill. They'll they'll run around you. They'll run rings around you. So you're gonna to have to take a lot of boxes. Where do Cork go They do have a conveyor belt coming through. And when I looked at their miners the other night, I was looking at they're huge men. And what I saw with the miners was they were playing with a kind of a, I'm not gonna say an arrogance, but they they had great belief. And they said we're gonna go out here and a great. Guy team as well which Beck Kilkenny in the semi-final Cork you know wipe the floor at them really they ran rings around them and I was saying that's what the traditional Cork is where they have an arrogance they have an air about them where they have full belief you have Mickey O'Connell with the, with the collar up and the jersey going out and they have an arrogance that they're going to get in your face Niall McCarty and these lads I don't see that in this Cork team and that's where I think they need to go where they get right up in your face they don't care who you are and the crowd gets behind them that's what Cork need but yesterday they didn't give anything To get behind So they need to bring that To come through To have a bit of steel A bit of arrogance And get back to that Traditional Cork of Get up into your face And we don't care Who we're playing They need to get back to that Yeah
2: No no they definitely do Right we'll leave it there lads And we'll come back With performance of the weekend OK, so Performance of the Weekend and the first nomination is Keane Lynch and we've gotten the bad stuff out of the way so now we can focus on the on the good stuff. He's not just the flicks, Paul. He did two flicks back up into his hand. They're par for the course um, with Keane Lynch. He was involved in 210. Uh, scored six himself, set up both of Hegarty's goals. Like, I mean, celebrated a couple of points as well, which I thought was interesting. I don't re- often see him doing that, especially when they were winning so well. He celebrated the one that he snapped up into his hand and got really, and scored really fast. That was at uh, mm. close to the start of the second half. And uh, like, there were 13 points of it. Actually. He seemed to be fairly fired up. Again, the free role he was given, it has to be pointed out, th- like definitely played into this. Like mm. he was everywhere, but Jesus... If if a lad was stuck at his shoulder, like you would, you wouldn't have been able to contribute that much. it's freaky yeah. what he contributed, really.
3: Yeah, it was. And he, uh, he every time he got the ball, he looked to see who he could give the ball to. There was times where he's actually he delayed even having a shot because he was looking to see he could have pop it off to anyone else and he still came away with six points um, but yeah he was everywhere and again you'd want someone to mark him at least throw a hand on him and I still don't think it would make a difference because for Garrod Hegarty's second goal I think was Coleman was up on him and swinging out didn't make a difference yeah, like, yeah. You know, but he was and he just makes everyone click inside in that forward line and we've all talked about it he just he, he, he seems to enjoy what he's doing he's drifting around getting balls and what I thought was very mature of him even when they were winning in the second half he was popping the ball over the bar he'd get a ball and he'd just tip it over the bar he would just instead of going okay I have to go for the jugular here or I want to get my goal he'd get a ball centre forward put it over the bar and I think the last one he got he was out around the 65 and it just showed the skill of him regardless if he's in over at the sideline on the 21 or he's out in the 65 he can put it over from anywhere but just he just drifted all day and it was just a, it was really complete performance in how
2: he set up two ten but scored 6 points as well Like I yeah. mean, it was just it was immense performance it was, it was incredible Paul mentioned that last point uh, Damien Cyrus remember when a 65 Shawnee McMahon was great at them for Clare and a 65 used to be a hard one to get he scored that from 65 metres over his shoulder, running in the opposite direction, like I mean that's freaky stuff
1: oh he's skill, He's, he's like, we don't have to say it, but his skill levels are absolutely incredible and he's, the speed of his mind and his wrists and his arms and his striking, is just unbelievable he scored one point in the first half and he scored five points in the second half so he's and like uh, contributing all the assists and everything. His work rate is phenomenal. That's you know the way sometimes when you're the marquee forward, you think, you know, I don't have to work as hard as the wrestling. Like he he's at the top working it hard. And I, I've always said this, my own opinion was that I always think that the best forward and the most um playmaker, uh the lad has orchestrated everything, I always like to play him at number eleven column because He's, he's he he gets on to more balls than any other forward because the ball breaks the half forwards. He's close to the other half. He's close, and he's not too far away from the full forwarding. And he's put Akeem ah, Lynch like we can all say what we like about him. But the, the man is just brilliant. I'd say I'd say yesterday's hour was his best. That's that's my opinion. I I thought I thought he was absolutely brilliant yesterday, and I think he was well up for the game. And I, I don't think he was too happy with his performance in the semi final. I, I felt there was a big one in him. But uh, I look at. He, he loves his hurling uh, I, I would love if he got a haircut uh, <laughs> if I was to be honest uh, so as you know uh, but uh, like he's just he just plays off the cuff and uh, he's all hurling so he's and um, he flicks and all that but five points from playing the second half and they were all lovely scores and making the two goals for Hagerty I'm sure is delighted that he, he laid off the two passes to him but uh, he's just a top top-notch player.
2: Yeah, he definitely is. Um, So, like like I said, then again, like if Keane Lynch is being marked, like Dan McCormick tried to mark him and had a good battle. Like Keane Lynch, you see some pictures of him in the dressing room. Like he's built like a a bodybuilder and he'd be well able to be man-marked too. He'd still play well. But when you don't mark him, like this is the damage he can do. I think that lesson has to go out. If anyone learned from Cork's suffering, Mm. is the day of Keane Lynch being dropped off because Keane Lynch won't go off so far back that a midfielder can easily pick him up. Like yeah. he stayed around that danger zone. Yeah. So dropping off him is just stupidity. And now teams have to think of another thing. Right. What yeah. we do? Who are we going to drop back? Yeah, exactly. And like you said, when McCormick marked him uh, against Tip, you know, he's still
3: well able to hurl, which is a great thing about him. It's not just a case of when he's given space, he'll hurl away. He loves the battle. And something I think which he really has to be complimented for is and not to be forgotten about either is when, in that Tip match when Tip were on top, the big player I could see he did yeah it was him yeah. do you know so it's all well and good when things are going well for a player that he's standing up and he's scoring balls. Well. but I I got like I always had respect for Keen Lynch but in that match against Tip when things weren't going well for Limerick he was still performing and he was still fighting and he was still dragging the team on and I think that day particularly when he was walking off the pitch he was brought off that day you know the Limerick crowd stood up because they really recognised that when things weren't rosy in the garden for Limerick that day there was one man still performing and that was Cian Lynch so he deserves his credit uh, you know yesterday he received so much plaudits for all his skills and his flicks, and I would say 100% he does deserve it because when things the rare time aren't going well for Limerick he's still performing and I think that's where the real genius is in Keyan Lynch He's we all know his skill and we all know what he's capable of, but he has the belly for the battle as well. Like he yeah. he loves the battle as yeah. well. And he loves getting stuck in and he's willing to fight for the team. So for me, the big performance for Keen Lynch this year was when Limerick were down against Tipperary you know and that was the big thing so he deserves all his plaudits and he's just you know I I can't wait to see over the next few years
2: where he brings it to Yeah he's definitely bringing it to new levels Peter Casey uh, Damien was on course to score about 12 or 13 from play had he not not got injured that time like I mean he'd started the game incredible and his fifth one was just beautiful the dummy and just sent Niall O'Leary for a Snickers or or a bag of (laughs) chips or whatever you want to say like I mean it was just gas to see that Um, you know but he was at the top of his game and I was thinking, Jesus, after all his bad luck in All-Irelands or being dropped or not sta-, you know, and then b- almost being suspended I said, Jesus, he's really taken his opportunity and then he went and got injured, which was um, unfortunate, like he was totally overshadowed then, I suppose, with Keane Lynch
1: Yeah, well uh, Lewis, uh, I was delighted for him, that's number one, I was delighted for Casey, because I was I was disappointed from that he got sent off, right? Because I know what it it's like playing corner forward, like, and I know it was a meal middle. And I was delighted the whole thing was overturned, right? But then I was hoping that the whole thing, you know, the build up that would say the negativity wouldn't affect his performance, yeah. Like this, and thankfully it didn't, right? And he drove into the All Ireland final, and like he scored five points from play. And as you said, he was on course. He was on course to get man the match because. It's like anything. Sometimes the ball just bounces for you, and you're just on. You're on the button, and he was on the button. Even his pint, he got out on the sideline. Jim, remember when there was a time that there was a big ruck of players. The ball just came out. He rose and put it straight over the bar from the sideline. And then, as you said, the little shimmy, like the little shimmy that he gave, like that was a real like winger. Like if an Irish winger done that, where you'd put your man the wrong way, it was it was just it was just beautiful. And he uses such a small hurl like this, and his striking was, it was just impeccable, like this, but the only thing I'd say, column, if there's such a thing, right, is that, he got injured, and Jesus, is a complete misfortune, but he got injured, and he was being taken off, scoring five points from play, coming off the field, where if you got injured, and you hadn't gone on the ball, you know, I, I I can assure you one thing, Peter Casey, he might have got injured, but he's a delighted man there today, he might be going around in crutches, whatever, but he bagged five points in all, out the final, five star performance, and, in whatever, 33 minutes. And I, I'm saying it here now, I was delighted from. him. I really mean that. I was delighted from that he got to play in the all Ireland.
2: Yeah, yeah. And he'll only have to watch 25 minutes of the match to replay yeah. the match when they're all <laughs> watching the play. Yeah. What a, one thing about that that uh, last point that he got is that he threw it out to dummy it now he brought back the dummy the other side yeah. and you think okay he's going to hit it this time but he jinked back the second you know what I yeah, mean yeah, that, yeah. I haven't really seen that before usually you throw the dummy yeah. it gets you the space and put it over yeah. he did the dummy back and then a sidestep back to side that he was going on before the dummy yeah, so, like, it, totally it's like he tr- knew
3: that he was going to read him so the dummy that he was throwing was a, it was like a double bluff for yeah, all yeah, the world. Yeah, like yeah, he was yeah. coming back knowing that O'Leary's going to follow him that way um, yeah, because again I, I looked at loads of videos of him and I said it earlier in the year when when we played him in twenty nineteen, I was told you're a man marking him. So I watched loads of videos of him and he had a great year in that because he was popping up all over the place. And I was going, This fella's interesting, like you know, as in he's coming up, but he's not the marquee player. Everyone was talking about Aaron Gallan and yeah, yeah. Ninja. I was like, this fella does a savage amount of work and he's again he's a different kind of a player, like he just pops up. But um, it was one of the things I said to myself when I was watching him I said, Look at the jinx on this fella, he keeps jumping around the place. So I was kind of saying to myself when I was marking him, he got a point off me that day now and he did a, throw a shimmy to get it off me. But I was saying when I was marking him, I said, if he throws a jink left, I'm just going to go off right and let him come back because <laughs> he's going to throw a double one. So I said, I'll let him come back in my direction because if I go off left, I'll be up in the Hogan stand and he'll be gone off in the other direction. So what I said to myself was looking at the videos of him, I said, if he's going left, I'm going to go right and let him meet me back there when he comes back. So, uh, But no, he's exceptional. And that was, it was just a great piece of skill. But like you said, the one on the sideline at the Hogan stand, I mean, he had a half yard of space and took a glance over the bar like it was brilliant and like Damien I was delighted for him I don't even know the fella to be honest never talked to him off the pitch seems like a real likeable fella but it was great for him everything that was coming into the final got to play the final and even look got his five points got injured but he will be a happy
2: man this morning Ah yeah there's no doubt about that Um, Garod Hegarty Damien what more do we have to say about him the player of the year for me he's the match winner here he set them rolling Um, you know he scored 2-2 he missed two points as well. Probably you would say it wasn't his, you know, great. It's an incredible 2 2 in an all in final in the first half. And you're thinking, you know, Peter Casey was the main man there. Like, I mean, you know, like, yeah. uh, he, he's just a monster of a the man. Sto-
1: yeah, the story was, column. Uh, to be fair to um, Garage Hagerty, like, the game was won in the first half. S- simply yeah. as that. Game was over. Game was over. And Hagerty scored 2 2 from play. And I and I guarantee, and I know nothing about the man, but I bet you he was a Niger himself, so he didn't finish up. So he didn't with another one too. Because he missed a goal and he missed two pints as well. Two long-range scores. Yeah. So as I said, he could have finished the first half, lads, with 3-4. Like 3-4 in the open half and all the final. And also just to give him, you know, he, he took his goals brilliantly and to his pints. But also his work rate was unbelievable, lads. He, to see it on television, he's over on the left-hand side of the pitch. One stage he's over on the right-hand side of the pitch trying to make tackles or cut off space. He's running left, he's running right. But I don't know, for such a big man how he's able to get so much space in games yeah. and no one mark Whether he just stays running and floating and, and, and the length of his legs he's able to run way faster than lads. But uh, he he two goals but he kept them low to they say to any young person that's watching, uh, hit the hit the corners with the net and or uh, two great goals. But um I'd say he doesn't like being taken off either. You know, I get that that feeling he was taken off yesterday, which is fierce and iron for everyone, but I suppose this is all the new game now but uh yeah, 2-2, he, he, two, two, open half, um, game was over. He set the tone.
2: He he got an unbelievable ovation, which probably helped him uh, walking off. But here's, I've thought about this a lot, again, with Gaelic football. Do you know why they're not, they're, they're not getting picked up? Because if they drift, they'll be followed. Mm. They work so hard. You can't man-mark a man that's working. Mm. What, what's Tim Matty meant to do? Well, I'm marking you while you're tackling somebody It's just stupidity. Yeah, so yeah. that's why you tend to stand away. Oh, he's working, I'll stand, you know. But yeah. now he's free. Yeah, because it was Brian Dewar I always used to watch it was like how is Brian Dewar constantly off not being marked by anyone it doesn't yeah. make sense to me yeah. and then you watch him He's working like a dog down in the half back line tackling as, and his man doesn't what's his man meant to do then You yeah, can't yeah, yeah. man mark a man working like a dog like, <laughs> yeah. I mean,
3: it's nearly like a circuit breaker for yeah, losing your man yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. if you're being man marked and you go and you tackle but it is the dilemma you have to pose to backs and something Gerard Higgerty would do and I'm sure he does is you know, he'll drift back towards a half-back lane let's say he's working he breaks it down but I'm sure he has a little look up then where's my man and I'll drift across someone like I would have always said in, in training Henry was brilliant at it like his movement off the ball where you have a little lance up you go okay I'm on O'Mani, and you're back working you're home way now we have the ball and let's say Sean Finn has it I'm sure Gerald Higgerty has a little look up where's my man I'll go across to the far side because for, for Cork or for any team playing Limerick there's fires all over the pitch, you know, and which one do we put out? You know, that's the problem for everyone. So, Gareth Higgerty, he might drift away for this one, someone follows him, but no one follows Keane Lynch. Keane Lynch puts the ball over the bar. The next ball comes through. Gareth Higgerty drifts again. Someone goes to Keane Lynch. Gareth Higgerty gets the ball and on the go. So, the problem is is they pose so many threats everywhere that like you said, he's tackling. Sure, why would I follow a man who's tackling? But you just have to do it. You have to go with him and you have to do it. You and, shadow and, him while he's tackling and you someone shadow, else. Well, once they have, well, you have to do something but yeah. to do nothing and stand off him and go, hopefully we win this ball and hopefully, you know, the ball comes out to me and we can work it through. But, I think we're seeing now if you haven't got enough indications now that you have to go with him and you have to follow him. I mean it doesn't solve anything just to leave him off and let him do his own thing. Follow him and just stick to him. He's the hurler of the year like yeah. as, as a well, outgoing hurler of the year potentially, you know, yeah. so.
2: Yeah. And just as it just to finish up on Hegarty Damien his his striking style. Hegarty looks like he's hitting with a pitching wedge. Like Dermot Burns looks like he's going with a driver. Like he pulls on it whereas Garod Hegarty just kind of st- like a, it's a pitching wedge. It's a nice little one with backspin on it maybe or something.
1: Oh, did I he's striking for a big man. Like you you might understand that, like but a bigger man in hurling uh, column is, is can sometimes be lanky or, or more awkward, whatever. But he he's not he, when he runs with the ball, the length of his legs, he's 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 striding away from that. It's it's and even this his second goal proved that. Like when he went on the run, like he he, he got into the front of the goal so so fast, but his striking is, is impeccable. And I, I'd love to know and I don't know what training to do with. I'd love to know the amount of time to spend on first-touch striking ball to hand and how much time to spend in the alleys and the wall balls. Because not just Hagerty's, but every one of that Limerick's team striking yesterday was impeccable. Like this, Even, for example, Barry Nash's point. Jeez, man. He, he threw that over the bar in his ease and he put another one uh, wide like this. And every one of them, they're just, they're, all their striking is absolutely impeccable. But yeah, Hagerty's... Striking is very, very good as
2: well. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Aaron Galang deserves a mention. as one three from play. a Brilliant one from under the Hogan stand where, remember the way Tony Kelly took it on the hurl and killed it. Not as good as Tony Kelly and it wasn't from as far away, but still beautiful as well. And then off his left hand, he took two in a row off that hmm. uh, from the sideline and not really looking. Like, his back is to the goal. So he just yeah. kind of knows where the goal is and throws it up on the sideline. Like, I mean, geez, you could talk all day about the level of skill because what, what's their best strength? Yeah. Is it their skill? Is it their size? Is it their athleticism? Is it their system? Is it their manager? Is it their coach? Yeah, yeah, is yeah. it Caroline Coyle? Like you know, yeah, like yeah, it's a yeah. combination of the they're the best team in Ireland at everything.
3: Yeah, it is, and that, and that's the thing to recognise. We are, often in these situations you try and find what's the one thing, what's the thing that we'll do to beat them. There's not, there's too many things to beat them. Well, not too many things to beat them. Too many things you have to beat them at if you want to beat them. And like you said, it's their physicality when it needs to be physicality, but it's their skill when it needs to be skill. It's their work rate. It's everything. They're just. Put, they have so much going for them that they don't have to rely on any one thing, and every and that that applies to every player. You know, every player is physical. Even Keen Lynch, who would be seen as the smaller fellow, he's not small. If you're standing beside him, he's a big physical man. Every single one of them are skillful. Every single one of them have a great attitude, great work rate. So until you start ticking all these boxes. You're at nothing. You have to compete with them. So if you're trying to scratch your head and figure out what one way to be, there's no one way to beat these lads. You have to go in about ten different areas. And even it seems to be off the pitch. Off the pitch, they seem to have a great attitude. One of the first things Keen Lynch mentioned yesterday after the match was just family and friends and keeping grounded and all these things, which is a great attitude to have. It didn't like. I don't think anyone would begrudge him the feet coming off the ground this week. But they just seem to have so many areas covered. Everywhere is just accounted for. They've taught about everything. Um. yeah look there's no one way to beat these lads they just have they're, they're the whole package at the moment
2: yeah they definitely are last uh, nomination is Declan Hannon two points from play just a commanding performance like I mean that's Napeershig Declan <laughs> <I> <laughs> well that was that was, that was embarrassing <coughs> now for Larry McCarthy like I mean Jesus like I have to say I'm not a hurling man so the minute I heard Napeershig I went well that's not right I, yeah. I dare didn't jump into my head but I knew Napeershig is definitely wrong <laughs> and like I mean to hand him and then he had to correct him in the first second of his speech and yeah. say I the but I don't think Larry McCarthy covered himself in glory he started lecturing people about Covid mm. just give him the bloody cup <laughs> you go, well, yeah shut off we're 18 months in now stop yeah, yeah. that and the, the crowd all start murmuring yeah, as yeah. in they're all saying jeez oh, what's he going on about here yeah, be yeah. very careful during club season like come yeah, on yeah, like it's yeah, the yeah. All-Ireland final cup presentation and then yeah. gets his club wrong yeah
3: exactly and one of the things I thought which look again we have to recognise Covid and we're very lucky we had 40,000 people in the stadium yesterday but uh, I I I suppose it was fair for him to acknowledge it, but one thing I was thinking when he acknowledged COVID, I said, you're about to have, you know, 36 Limerick players shifting to Lee McCarthy in a minute, now <laughs> kissing it and putting it up, and there's babies going to be put into it. So I was like, you're, you're you're fighting a losing battle here now, you know? Yeah,
2: yeah. No, it definitely was. And like, I mean, I don't know, Damien, what did, what did you think? Like, I don't want to be too hard on Larry McCarthy. Was that his first <laughs> uh, cup presentation? Yeah. Uh, maybe it was, but getting the captain's club wrong is a pretty... Yeah, one
1: team's for sure. Hannah... Hannan wanted to make certain that he wasn't a piercing man know, so maybe, <laughs> maybe there will be a bit of rivalry, rivalry between the two clubs, but um, it was just funny, the first thing he said was just to confirm I'm not from the piercing, you know, but um, uh, I know, look at, he made a mistake, but I would agree, with, I'm sick of listening to Kova talk, so... Uh, I I agree with you there. I'm 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 sick to my teeth. I'm up to my ears or so. Yeah, I maybe it was
2: with Tony who might have wanted to give the <laughs> cup presentation. I'd expected yeah, yeah. it from him. Yeah, Larry, yeah, yeah. you know
3: your role there now, yeah. and just give him the cup. And even something as well that we're sure we haven't even mentioned was look, the accolade of Declan Hannan joining Christy Ring has been the the second man to yeah. lift the McCarthy three times. Like, that's that's a great achievement it's great for something for declan hannon to be able to say as well like you know there's some accolades that there you know no more than we were talking a few weeks ago of of joe canning becoming the top the top scorer in championship or or um patrick horgan being the top scorer from play for christy or not for christy ring for declan hannon for to be able to put himself in the same sentence as christy ring and you know he, who's to say he won't surpass christy ring now over the next five oh, years? odds on yeah yeah he's odds on but just to be able to say and, and no better man like the, the speech he made was was a great speech and he he could have thanked, I, I thought something was great out of him as well was he alluded to the backroom team of Limerick and said I could, I could be here all day talking which yeah. he couldn't. He just said thanks to Ollie. Very humble speech, great speech. Also as well on the whole Nat thing, I'm sure there was a lot of people from Adair, you know, and the Piercyk have enough to talk about down there and Patrick's well and these lads but I'm sure he was, there was a lot of a dare. people going, Declan Hannan's one of ours, we want him to be one of ours here and, you know, don't be calling him Nipirshig. But for Declan Hannan, um, I think it's brilliant that he's able to say, look, Chris Ring lifted Lee McCarthy three times, I lifted Lee McCarthy three times. It's, it's, it's a brilliant thing to do. Yeah,
2: he? I thought his speech was very good as well because I, I criticised his speech last year. I thought it was a bit corporate. It was like somebody else wrote it for him and I don't know, it sounded like a, a kind of a corporate... Um, speech, but this year's seemed to be off the cuff. Just a final point on it some people are referencing his performance in 2013 against Clare. I don't remember this, Damien. He didn't play well at all. He was on the freeze. Um, he was a forward then and he was a brilliant forward. Yeah. But it can't be forgotten that John Kiley changed him into a centre back. And what a move that was.
1: Yeah. Should they, uh, we were just alluding to all their players, right? And how what's gonna stop Limerick? Everyone are able to hurl. Like you take Nash, Nash is playing cornerback and he's playing up in the forwards there not so long ago as well. You you take um, Dan Marcy, wing back now gone to full back. But as you said, yeah, Declan Hannan, when I when I was playing with Galway, uh, we played Limerick one year and Declan Hannan was playing wing forward. So the next thing he went back to, to centre back and he became their leader. So he does he he seems to be the one that um, the management are so happy with regarding that, you know, maybe meetings and having a chat with the boys. And, um, you know, uh, Kylie spoke fierce highly of him on television as, as well last night. But look, he, 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 he had a super year this year, and he, it's like he orchestrates Everton from uh, centre back. And uh, he, uh, he scored pints as well against Galway in the All Ireland finals he did a couple of years ago, and he done it again uh, yesterday. So he, he's still able to score pints even from distance.
2: Yeah, exactly. Right. So performance of the weekend, it's no real secret, even though he wasn't marked the whole game. Keen Lynch, um, she's just for the, you know, the, the contribution. Um, we'll, we'll give, we'll give him a pass about the judo as long as we don't ever see it again, Keen. <laughs> right. So I was going to give it to someone else on, on account of the judo You've move, and take it off him, but yeah. I've calmed down yeah, on it. Yeah. And I think, uh, for his performance, he definitely, uh, deserves performance of the weekend. So there you go. Um, that's all we've time for today. We'll be back on Thursday. We'll do another show. We'll try and get one of the Limerick uh, players on for an interview um, for this Thursday. So we'll talk to you all then. Good luck.
1: No such thing as a media band.
2: We don't have a media band. Ah, you do. No, we don't. <laughs> a danties a palace. <laughs> There's nothing else to He was massive. <laughs> Legs, <laughs> ass, fit, But I burst out laughing. <the live. laughs>